Hey guys, just wanted to say thank you very, very much for all your support. You guys have been super amazing and super awesome, but I'm going to ask you for a favor. I give you these shows once a week for free, and I put a lot of time and blood, sweat, and tears, and I'm totally bullshitting you. Uh, I do need a favor, though. I do give you these shows every week for free. And if you would, if you subscribe on iTunes, if you would leave me a five-star rating, I would appreciate it. If you would leave me a glowing review, I would appreciate that as well. Make sure it glows like sparkles and shit. That'd be awesome. It just helps other people find the show. And I'm trying to grow this thing, or I should say we, we are trying to grow this thing as big as we possibly can. And I need your help to do so. So if you would, spread the word, share the show as much as you can. Uh, and remember that you can get the show on Podbean, which is my home. You can get it on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify. You can get it on my YouTube channel, CastBox, Stitcher, and I think there's a couple other places that I don't even know that I'm on, but I'm apparently on Overcast, something like that. Uh, it's the one Jesse Vest listens to. Anyway, if you would go to any of those places where you are able to leave a review, I just know you can do it on iTunes. Uh, if you would leave me a review, I would appreciate it. I'm trying to make this thing as big as possible. Uh, I'm really loving what I'm doing. I'm learning a lot about my friends, and I've got some cool stuff coming up this summer. Probably going to hang out with some people I don't even know. I uh, may have some people in here I've never even met before, which is going to be really awesome. I'm toying with the idea of some merch. So if you guys would be into that, hit me up and let me know. Uh, the email address, in case you don't read the descriptions of the shows which you need to, it is barstarpodcast at gmail. Uh, hit me up there. You can hit me up on the Facebook page. You can hit me up on my personal Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter. There's probably a MySpace page too, somewhere. Who knows? Who knows any of this shit? Like I said, thank you as always for the support. You guys have been awesome, but I do need your help, so I am asking for a favor. You guys feel free to pimp me out. You can uh, tell a friend, tell a wrestler, tell a carrier pigeon. Tell your dog, tell your cat, tell your mom and them, tell your cousins, sisters, aunts, uncles, tell whoever you need to. Feel free to pimp me out, but just spread the word about the Bar Star podcast as much as you can, and I would greatly appreciate it. And now on to whoever the hell I'm about to hang out with. The Bar Star podcast is a show that aims for something a little different. It's hosted by a drummer who thinks he's a musician. But let's be honest. I know and you know that drummers are not musicians, right? Or are they? Hang on a second. Who wrote this crap? This is garbage. Nobody's going to listen to a show put on by somebody they haven't heard of. Stupid. another episode of Bar Star Podcast. I am your host, a finally not fucking stuffy, Stephen O'Reilly. Thank you guys for hanging out with me once again. Thank you guys for checking back in with the show, and thank you for continuing your downloads and your streams and your support, your subscriptions, your reviews. I really, really appreciate it. Also, be sure you check out my sponsor, Prophecy Inc. Uh, you go into the shop mention the bar star podcast you will get 10 percent off any tattoo by any artist in the shop which i think is awesome 
I hope everybody had a good week. I hope everybody is doing well. And as always, I hope you guys went out and did some shit. As you can tell from the description of the show, I am not flying solo today. I like it when you do that because nobody can see you. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. This is me and you. <laughs> and, my, and our buddy Sebastian. Oh, yeah, buddy. Your, your new friend, Sebastian. Nice. I am hanging out with my buddy. A one, Mr. Eric McEwen. How hey, are you, sir? I'm great. <laughs> little scared. Why? A little scared. Why are you scared? I've listened to so many great shows of yours, and then you bring me on? <laughs> so not only <laughs> So not only am I afraid of being boring to you and to the listeners, I'm also afraid that you might make me cry. Well, I would never make you cry. And if know, I do, I would hold you. Because I think you might get bored. You might go a little Barbara Walters on me. Baba Wawa? Baba Wawa. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, then, you know, get some tears coming out of me. As I get older, I, I get more of my feelings. All right. Well, I've done this pretty much on almost every episode. So I'll do, I'll do one early just for you. Okay. Oh my God, you're so cute. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Stop. So, how's things? How's life? And good. Man, it's a great day. Uh, beautiful day today. Yeah, it was beautiful. Uh, it's a little warm in here. Gotta I be hung honest out with, with you. a my friend of yours today. Warm. Who? I don't uh, have any friends. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, he sent a message. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, I was hanging on the patio with Mr. Chuck Willis. Never heard of him. And he told me to tell you, and Ruby Falls. Oh my God. And he made me swear to do this. On the show? On the show. I love that guy. He's fun to hang out with. Fucking hate his face. But it's so pretty. Hi, Chuck. <laughs> So, uh, Ruby Falls? Okay. Here, I, <laughs> I mean... I, no, no, no. I'll go ahead and tell the story, but I, I was trying to make this more about you and your amazing bass playing, oh, some of the out. extracurricular things you do. Stop rubbing my foot. It's making me twitch. But the Ruby Falls story. Fuck you, Chuck. We made so many trips to Atlanta when Heaven Hill was recording the somewhat civil record because that's where we recorded it. So we would go down to Atlanta, I think. My date memory sucks. Most people know that. But if I had to guess when we recorded that record, we probably went to Atlanta seven to ten times in a two-month period. Could be wrong, but the point is, if you've ever gone from here to Atlanta, there's the 14 million signs that say Ruby Falls. So the second or third trip, I got really bored and every time I would see the Ruby Falls sign, I would wait till it got really quiet and I'd go, Ruby Falls! And piss everybody off. So that's what the Ruby Falls thing is. So so you're not just a billboard reader because you know those guys. I'm a billboard screamer. <laughs> Apparently, Ruby Falls. I don't know what it was. And then it got to the point where I knew it was pissing off everybody. And so I just, just did it did more. more. Yeah, don't tell me you. it's pissing you off. I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm like a fucking five-year-old. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? This annoys you? Oh, yeah? This annoys you? So that's the Ruby Falls story. Well, so, cool. Anyway, enough about I'm glad that. glad I was not in that van. Uh, yeah, well, the the funny thing is that the, the guys still give me shit about it, obviously. Obviously. 
Obviously. It's like 10 years later? I've been out of that band for nine years, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I've been out of the band for nine years, but I guess we did record that record 10 years ago. Wow. Not only am I a friend, I'm a fan. Aw, thanks, but you also made me feel old. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm old, but damn. You don't need me to do that. That is so true. So, what is happening musically with you? Because you and I, we don't know each other very, very well. We've had that weird kind of almost hallway sex where we're going to do it, and then Mm -hmm. we never do it. Something happens, you get busy, I get busy, I say no. That's only for you. You will get that. I'm not explaining that. This is why I want a camera in here, because your I face know. is amazing right now. You're like, dude. How did we meet? That's it. Show's over. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't remember. We either met through Chase, or we met through Kerr, and I don't remember which one. Okay. And I met Chase through Kerr. So then probably Kerr. More than likely Kerr. Which is fine for me. Love that guy. Yeah, whatever. Right. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. <laughs> it's too easy, man. Right. They're like softball pitches oh, here. No. Swing at that thing. That's for my close friends that know I hate go sports. That yeah, I made sports, a sports reference on yeah. my show. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we'll go with Kerr. But what musical situation are you in right now? Like, I want to talk about you. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm a bass player. You're pretty damn good. I've seen what? You. You've never seen me play. When have you ever seen me play? I just saw you play about three weeks ago. Really? In an acoustic trio, which playing bass in an acoustic trio is a little fucking hard to do, and you did it very well. Don't fuck with me. Thank you. We're going to do this on a microphone? High five in a microphone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for that. Mm -hmm. uh, What what you got now? I mean, still... uh, See, you assumed I was ill-informed, and you were wrong. (laughs) I mean, anybody can go to the bathroom, take a crap, and get on my Facebook. But that's fine. Damn it. (laughs) Ha! Busted. Busted. No, I mean, I'm playing right now, playing with speaker. Uh, Matt and Mac, uh, Matt Moore, Matt Kiefer, Paul Culligan, myself. Uh, they're it's so much fun. Well, you're playing with Paul Culligan. Well, duh. I've done it before. Yeah. Well, but, I, no, I, I diddled him once. I mean, I played with him <laughs> once. <laughs> yeah, no, Polly's great. Matt and Mac, they, you know, they're they're younger guys that that are incredibly talented. Is Matt Kiefer that guitar player with the beautiful hair? He's got beautiful hair. Fuck that guy. Yeah, I know. In a nice way. I mean, that's why I always wear a hat. Yeah. What, and I need to. I need to figure out when I can commit to the the full shave. Just do it. No, no my my head's weird. I got a weird head. You think you have a weird head? I thought I had a weird head, and come to find out, it's damn near perfect. It, you got a perfect head. Mm-hmm. Did you? Your hair was long at one point. I am assuming, like the rest of us. Yes, I had a long. Did hair. Did you tie it in a tight ponytail? Uh, not only, it, well, in the 90s, I would have it cut underneath. Oh, you had the Jason Newstead. I did at one it's point. It's easier to say that than explain what that haircut actually right. is. Yeah, but I, it wasn't at long, but it was, you know, the grunge. Well, then if you've pulled it back in a tail, you mm-hmm. know that your head's round or not. Well, you know what? That was a long time ago. <laughs> I got some lot. shit in the bathroom, brother. Hey, we can pause this are and we shave do your this? head. <laughs> you know what? When you get a camera in here... You'll let me shave your... Motherfucker, I got Facebook Live on my phone. (laughs) I hold my phone with one hand and a razor in the other. 
<laughs> so I'm doing that. So I'm doing speaker. Uh, okay, yes. Back to, love back to that. seriousness. I'm playing with uh, Rockadelic's back. Nice. Uh, so playing once again with my brother, uh, Ronnie Watchmaker. Never heard of him. Yeah. Uh, Chico, uh, Christian Tonagawa, and uh, we have a new singer, Amber Steele. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, sorry. Sorry. She goes by, oh, it's Nikki Steele in Rockadelic. Don't ask. I, I'm, it's, it's not me. It's not my call. But anyway, she crushes it. She's great. And uh, so we have fun with that. Was that dramatic pause I did? Was that long enough? That was yeah, pretty good. That's right? why you need a camera because you held your head. And I, I know. Oh, I just kind of looked oh, down. Yeah. No, she is a great singer. I've She's only great. seen her sing. She is great. I've only seen her sing one time at the Levy with Slinky Jenkins, I think. Mm-hmm. And I had never seen her before. And this was recently. It's probably past, I shouldn't say recently, past four months. Um, and I had never seen her. And she was really, really good. So and she then and Chico have, came and sweated on me, and it was just gross. <laughs> she and I have an acoustic duo as well, and I played with her last night. And oh, uh, nice. Christian played with us as well. That was a good time. Very cool. Uh, so do that. Still playing with Chase. Uh, we're playing uh, tomorrow night. Wait, is that that guy that never calls? Well, I mean, you know. Wait, he never calls me. Well, you know, I mean... Uh, you know the joke about that, right? I've, I, I don't. You don't even need you to tell me because I, I have one myself. Sorry, Chase, love you. But no, I, I mean, so you know, we still do that, and we we do this Joe's party, and uh, Joe's older than dirt. You know, three hundred of your closest friends all hanging out, and, right? And that that guy captivates. Oh well, that's where I saw the, you playing with the acoustic trio. I talked about a few minutes ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was there two, three weeks ago. I don't remember how long it was. That was fun. I'm not 100% sure when this will post, but yeah. Yeah. I I saw that. That was the first time I saw you with a trio, Mm -hmm. and I don't remember the full band I saw you with last year. I know it was one of them. My memory blows, Um, but that's the two times I've seen you. Just imagine if you drank and did drugs. What your memory would be like. many, many fucking reasons I don't drink or do drugs. Right. Many reasons. One Your of them, filter. Oh yeah, it's. You think it's bad when I'm sober? <laughs> Jesus fucking Pete. Your ADD. What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm actually ADD or not. Uh, no, I. I. Uh, Stacy and I have been together almost ten years, and she's seen me drunk maybe six times. Hmm. Seven's pushing it. Uh, and Todd will get a kick out of this The because uh, I just have to throw him under the bus because it's fun for me every episode uh, we got hammered a couple years ago at our old house and we had this big fire pit out back and somehow or another when I'm drunk not only am I truth serum or I'm on truth serum my Yankee comes out and I get really fucking loud yeah it's funny I'm not an asshole I'm just don't ask me questions you don't want answers to <laughs> So it was probably three in the morning and we were all hammered and something about sex came up and oh, no. the neighborhood we lived in was a bunch of old people and then us <laughs> and me. Apparently I decided it would be a fantastic idea to stand on my benches in my backyard near my fire pit and scream at the top of my lungs that Stacy and I still fuck. Right on. Yeah. That's why I don't get drunk in public Is because that your I do shit like God that. Moment? I don't know what it was. So when you do drink the six, seven times over a decade, what what is it? Usually when I'm around family. Oh, you no, mean what, what do I drink? Yeah, because that um, could have a lot to do with it. It could. It's I'm I'm usually either vodka, 
Mm. Uh, and then a couple years ago, and go ahead and call me a pussy. I'll get it out of the way first. A couple, two, three years ago, I discovered Red's Ale, Apple Ale. Mm-hmm. I actually really like them. They're fucking good. And then when we really were, bad for you. Oh, everything's <laughs> fucking bad for you. Well, that night we were at the at our house. I drank a six pack of Reds and a fifth of Fireball by myself. So somebody with no tolerance <laughs> drinking that much. Yeah, I was gone. You call that angry balls when you mix like the apple beer cider and Fireball and Fireball. Yeah, yeah. I, I drink a lot of those when I drink, Ooh. but I don't drink much. So it's okay. I have no tolerance. I am a cheap. Slutty day. I mean, I'm a inexpensive taker outer person. Duly noted. <laughs> you don't have to pay me nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm free for you. Oh God. So, because we don't know each other so well, and that- I don't do an interview format, I will ask you a few questions that I genuinely don't know. For example, how old are you? Because I don't know. Thirty-nine. Oh, you're a young buck. I'll be forty in four months. Yeah, but you're not forty yet. Not yet. You're still, you still have that Depending three. on when you air this. Oh, it'll be way before four months. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'll be 40. Uh, but I'm not much younger than you. I'm only five years younger than you, I think. Are you 44? Fuck you. Get off my show. Uh, Beat it. 40, I'm 43. 43? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll, be, I'll be 44 at the end of this year. Mm. Mm. My, my birthday's in December. No, I will not tell you the date. Okay, I hate good. my birthday. But that's time reference. Got I'll it. be 44 at the end of the year. Okay, so we're not that far apart. No, we're no. not. I just have the four in front of my name, and or in front of my age, and you don't. I'm going to hang on to it. You should. I'm living every day like I'm you 39. Should, you should be 39 for the next 39 years. So dealing with, you know, like, you know, the stomach issues and, and the, the joint pain and uh, <laughs> my lack of memory and... <laughs> This is going to be a great four months. <laughs> yeah. And then when you turn 40, it all goes to shit. And well, you know, I think I've got a head start. <laughs> it's not that bad. I was talking to somebody the other day and I told him I was 43 and they didn't believe me. Hmm. And it was a guy and he was like, dude, you're in great fucking shape. But I was like, first of all, I'm not in great shape. I'm just pseudo thin. I have my girdle on. You're tiny. I wouldn't say I was tiny. I mean, you're petite. Petite. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever been called I mean, petite I before. I can put my arms all the way around you and still, you know. Well, you're a big dude. I'm not that big. How tall are you? Uh, six two, maybe. To me, that's big. Yeah. I'm five nine and a half on a good day. Oh yeah. A good day. If I'm standing up super straight, I can hit nine and three quarters. So wait till you turn 44 and you're not able to do that. No, I'll be like <laughs> five foot eight and a half. <laughs> as soon as I turn 44, I'm going to lose an inch. Um, but anyway, the the, the joke, I thought it was pretty funny because he said I was in good shape. And I was, no, dude, I'm, I, I have my girdle on. It's just yeah. ugly. But the reason I asked how old you are back on track is how long have you been playing bass? And was bass your first instrument? I know it's a two-parter, but... Bass to 20 years. Nice. Um... Off and on. Uh, my second instrument. Second? Second. I started on guitar. And I started late. You know, I was listening to Chuck, you know, when he started in middle school. And I know Ronnie started when he was young. I started, like, I didn't grow up in a musical family. Right. I didn't either. I share that with you. I, I get it. Not at all. And Now, they had, let me rephrase that. And not, I'm not getting off on a tangent, but they played records a lot. But none of them were musical at all. No, we, uh, you know... Can remember 
my first two cassettes were Michael Jackson's Thriller and In the Dark by the Grateful Dead. And How the fuck do you remember that shit? Dude, I remember so much about my childhood. But you That's know, good. My, but Thriller was my dad's. He also had, you know, Best of Earth, Wind and Fire Volume One. Oh and nice. ELO Discovery. But that was all he had as far as music. Gotcha. That was it. Did ELO Discovery is that the one that had telephone line on it? Don't know. I haven't listened to Discovery since I was probably six years old. I love that song. It's the only ELO song I can ever recall. But now when I hear it, I'm like, oh yeah, DLO. Yeah. I think it's Telephone Line. I could be wrong about that. Anyway, carry on. Great line. Yeah, it's, it's a great song. So, uh, didn't grow up musical family, but I always had an interest in it. Right. Always. And, you know, I, I wanted to play guitar when I was young. My dad's like, no, here, here's a trombone. And, uh, <laughs> and I, I, I just couldn't play trombone. Yeah, you know, I mean, I don't it was, think I it could was either. Big and and it took away from school and and I was back then I cared about school because I was in fourth grade. <laughs> you know, and uh, I'm gonna be in fifth grade. Damn it, I'm gonna be great at it. So <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. But you know, I was never that great in sports and everything. And you know, my friends had guitars, and then I started right. working in record stores, and I knew people in the scene. So graduated high school, got a guitar, locked myself away for tw- for two years. Nice. Uh, so you didn't start till you graduated high school, basically. Yeah. yeah I started you're on from guitar. you're from Louisville, right? Born and raised. Okay, cool. So yeah, you know, I I got a guitar. Hey, right you did for, start late. I did. Uh, so I, I played guitar. I, I I went to guitar lessons religiously. Right. I was very. I, I practiced all the time. I locked myself away, and uh, I didn't really do much. I had a girlfriend and. You know, I'd go to work and I'd come home, go to class and come home and I'd pick up the guitar and read guitar magazines and go to my guitar lessons and nice. do that for about a year. And I'm like, yeah, I'm bored. <laughs> so not nice. <laughs> and I wasn't that great. I mean, I mean, I knew I can play any chord and understand it, but like I, I, I love R and B music and I came mm-hmm. up listening to, it was really weird. R and B jam and metal. You know, Zeppelin was like my big thing, and I love Zeppelin. I don't know and if that's necessarily that weird, and, and, and here's why. Because in, in, I don't talk about my childhood very much. I, I very rarely do. Um, I wasn't beaten or anything. I just, it kind of fucking sucked. But I remember my parents were into Neil Diamond, mm. when I am still a huge Neil Diamond fan. I've said it on the show three or four times. You probably can't see it from where you're sitting, but I have a Neil Diamond box set right there. And I have probably... Inside that blue cabinet behind you, probably three or four more Neil Diamond records. I don't have his entire collection. But I remember my mom listening to Neil Diamond, and then she would listen to Engelbert Humperdinck, who I absolutely hate. Can't do it. Yeah, I don't see how he could. Can't do it. Neil Diamond, genius. Yeah. Humpy. His fucking nickname was Humpy. Humpy. I, I can't do it. But the point I'm getting at, why I can see where you, what you were hearing and what you mm-hmm. were listening to is not that far of a stretch, because I had my older brother... Who had Kiss, Zeppelin, right. Sabbath. So it was kind of this mix. And then my, my pop was into, they were divorced, but when I would hang out with him or be around him, he's all into hot rods and all this kind of shit. So that kind of 50s kind of rockabilly yeah. and all that kind of stuff kind of bled over into what he listened to just because of the hot rod culture and stuff. So that's kind of where my shit was. So I get exactly what you're talking about. Well, I remember my 
Mom's brother had this enormous 45 collection and nice. I had a Fisher Price record player. That's how I got an R&B was Motown. Oh yeah. And and so I would sit there and run my own radio shows. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid and play the Four Tops and Temptations and and I mean good grief when uh you know, pet sounds like give me pet sounds when I'm a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that's that thing from Star Trek. That's like really cool, you know. Right. And then so that's that was my love of R and B came into it. And then, gotcha. Uh, so I I I feel like I'm a a fan and student of Groove, which is good as a bass yeah. player. I'm just saying. So <laughs> throwing that out there. Yeah, I kind of need to. So that was my thing. Well, is bet. that like I, I just wanted to get onto the bass. So you basically got. <laughs> See what I did yeah, there? I like uh, it. Yeah. High five in the microphone. Yeah. Ooh, that was a good one. Yeah. Look at the elbow. Uh, I, I know. I know. <laughs> so you basically abandoned guitar for bass because of that groove of the early Motown stuff. And then I realized, I was like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm like, man, I can, I can play like any minor seventh, diminished, any, any chord. I don't know how to groove on a bass. Well, how'd you figure it out? Took a while. Motown? Well, yeah. Um, well, then I had a squirrel moment. When I'm in the guitar, st- the guitar shop, I found a, a Les Paul. I'm like, all right, well, I want this Les Paul. So I went back <laughs> playing guitar a little bit. <laughs> and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm just driving myself crazy. And then uh, <clears throat> I figured it out. Nice. Yeah. Wilson now- Pickett songs mm. did it for me. In the midnight I hour. I couldn't tell you who his bass player was, but a lot of those... Duck Dunn. Thank you. A lot of those early grooves were just nasty on that oh, stuff. Dude, now, I didn't discover that stuff till later in life. That's where mine is a little backwards. Um, but I was going to tell you, before I tell you that part, and I don't think I've ever talked about it on the show. I know I wrote about it in the book. My first instrument was guitar. What? Mm-hmm. Funny story, because it's very short. I bought... Uh, true story, I can't make this shit up. I bought a canary yellow BC Rich Warlock. I remember wow. I remember this guitar they made distinctly. Those in canary yellow? They did. It was hideous. And somewhere in that closet behind me that has eighteen padlocks on it, there's a picture with me holding that guitar. It's a hard copy. But here's why the story's funny. It lasted about four days. This and for those who can't see me, I look That's like a I, claw. that I have a claw in my left hand right, right now. Yeah. Never made sense to me. Right, I could not. The fretboard drove me batshit. I could right. not figure it out. And I had always kind of paid attention to drummers before that, and obviously since then. But I was like, ah, oh, I'm gonna play guitar, yeah, my, right. because my buddy was a guitar player. Like, He's really good. I'm gonna play guitar too. I bought the guitar before I even picked one up. It's like I like that one, and I fucking hated it. Yeah. I ended up giving it to him. I don't even think I made any money back on it. I was like, here, dude, you can have this shit. And I went and got some drums. Nice. That's pretty much the, the very, very short version. I don't think I've ever told that on the show. I know I wrote about it in the book. Um, but how I did everything backwards is I dove straight into metal. Canary Yellow BC Rich. I was already there. Right. Um, but it was super heavy shit. Forever. And then like super I got... Super heavy like what? Well, I'm 43, so that would have been early to mid 80s. So I went straight into Slayer and Testament and uh, oh, what's that fucking band? Death Angel. I can't remember if they when their time period was, but I was massively into them for a while. But I got into the thrash bands, of course, the Big Four, Anthrax, Metallica, Megadeth. So you're in, like you're dove right into Rain and Blood. Yes, 
I drove right into that shit. Such a great album. It was. And ironically, it's the only one that I actually liked. Yeah, I can Go, see Especially that. looking back, knowing what I know musically now. The rest of the Slayer records, I was like, yeah, they were good for what they were, but Anthrax was good. Were you with Anthrax? Where am I with Anthrax? Uh, yeah. Um, State of Euphoria is probably my favorite Anthrax record. Man, I think I'm backwards on that. Worship Music. It was like 2012 when that album came out. Yes. I think it's, I think it's one of the heavy. I think it's so damn good. I, I, I think it's their best record. I think for what they've done in their entire career, I would agree with you that that is their best record. But for me, listening, State of Euphoria. Right. And it's probably because of the time period I heard it. I was doing whatever was going on. I don't remember how old I was, but I just remember seeing Scott Ian running around with his skullet. Yeah. And they were doing antisocial. And I used to think that... I used to think that was the hardest thing in the world to play. And I was like, I'm going to figure that shit out one day. Right. And it's... I mean, it's a super simple groove now that I know musically what it is it's not as hard but it was the way Charlie Benanti played it mm-hmm. and I didn't know I was still figuring out drums so then I went from the heavy shit into the hair metal I went backwards and then I stayed in hair metal forever and then I stayed in Iron Maiden world forever and then I stayed in Dream Theater world forever well, I can understand the right. Dream Theater definitely yes and then uh, I don't remember the time period we're gonna call it mid 90s just because my memory sucks I sat down and I listened to Tori Amos Little Earthquakes, her mm. first record. And that blew my fucking mind. And that I've talked about on the show before. That record blew my mind. And then I, ever since then, I've not steered away from metal as far as I don't listen to it any anymore mm. or any of that kind of shit. I just completely went, all right, I've been in this fucking world for umpteen years. I'm going over here. I just discovered what groove is. This drummer just fucking played a song for three minutes and didn't hit a crash. Right. I don't understand that. I need to find out why. And that's where I went. And then so I, I started taking all that bullshit that I learned from the metal world. And then drummers like Matt Chamberlain, who plays for Dory Amos, guys like him, I started taking their shit. And then that's where I started to become, I guess, what I am now. I'm not real sure. But I was taking all these elements. But that's what I mean when I say I did it backwards. Like I didn't grow up trying to emulate my parents' music or my brother's music, learning their shit, I just went straight into metal. It's like, I'm going to go, Slayer, those guys look scary. Let's listen to that. That's pretty much where I went. So there you go. So there's a short version of how I became what I am. Once you started playing bass, how did you figure out what direction you wanted to go as far as what kind of bass player you wanted to be? I just liked anything that moved and grooved. You know, so it was like, I love so Motown. that's why you watch me walk all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you caught me. I knew you were looking back at me. Oh, my God, I got eyes in the back of my head. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, like, I, I just really like, because I always switched back between bass and guitar. Right. Like, uh, you know, when I learned a lot uh, from playing with Dennis Irvin when I got my like main start in Louisville. I was playing guitar with him. And who is that? Because that name doesn't ring a bell. Dennis Irvin, in my opinion, was a legend in town. Uh, he has since passed. Uh, amazing guitar player. Uh, very big with R&B and blues. Uh, he says he doesn't you. like blues, but he can play the blues. And he did, did so very well. Well, the asshole in me just had the question. What's the B stand for in R&B? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know... When he, when he picked me up, I was playing guitar. Right. And I had just come up with like rock arrangements of Stevie Wonder songs to, to translate well to acoustic. Gotcha. And I would sit at home and try to figure all that out because I wanted to be out playing Stevie and right. Marvin. 
and stuff like that. Gotcha. And, uh, but at the heart of me, you know, in the 90s, this whole neo-soul thing came around. So mm-hmm. I'm listening to Maxwell. I still listen to Maxwell and D'Angelo and Raphael Sadiq. Dude, I'm all about some Terrence Trent Darby. Oh, dude. That first record was so good. Now, granted, he fucked his own career up, yeah. put his foot in his mouth and all that shit. But that first record, that's a great record. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, that was that was a precursor to that whole Neo Soul. Oh, thing. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was even precursor to, like, New Jack Swing and all that. Yeah, he which was, I was a, a big little, fan of. He was a little ahead of his time. Yeah. Oh, and I'd then say he had so. to go fuck it up by right. putting his foot in his mouth, but whatever. I, oh, sorry. But I think that first Maxwell album, I still listen to it. I have it on vinyl. Uh, you know, the first two D'Angelo albums I listen to. So I was listening to a lot of that. Oh, dude, Brown Sugar. You give me that look. Like, no, you know, I'm looking at the ceiling going through my mental musical Rolodex. I don't really have a name for it. Shit damn motherfucker. I've got it now. I've got uh, the first record. I can't remember the second record. Second one. Uh, had that MTV video. It was uh, uh, untitled and he just sat there with his shirt off and sang to a camera. And that was it. And yep. that okay. song I know is what you're incredible. talking incredible. So we always had that. And then I remember you know, I, I, was, uh, I was, had gone back to playing bass and I had discovered a lot of like Bronx uh mid-80s like fusion jazz players like mm-hmm. Marcus Miller David Sanborn Omar Akeem drums mm-hmm. one of my favorites and I'm like you know I was talking to my now since ex-wife I was like I want to learn how to make those melodies right and play with those rhythms so I learned a lot about rhythm I studied rhythm oh like did you crazy now did you go did you go to any kind of school or did you just take lessons and just study your ass off? I took theory classes in, in college. Gotcha. You know, and I would have these aha moments. You know, like, oh, so this is why this and I'd just get up and walk right out of the class and go to my dorm and tune my guitar a certain way and and they're like, Ooh, that's a days of the new song. <laughs> so, I would do those types of things. Nice. And uh Bass was always just there, and you know, my, my first real band, I was a bass player. Gotcha. And uh, but I always wanted Pretty to make funny. it funky, and, and I would sit and study rhythms and look up online about rhythms and listen to talks with Hakeem and Questlove and all these great drummers about how to emphasize and how to make dynamics and how to make an emphasis through the rhythm, right? Not being a flash guitar player doing something. How do you do that in the rhythm? How do you convey and move somebody's swing a little differently? And I learned how to do that. No, I, I, I get that. And, and I you saw that look on my face a second ago where I got excited. Some dude, and he's a drummer, and because his comment was so stupid, I will not name him on my show, even though I'm known for that. I, he will get annihilated, so I'm just going to leave his name out of it. But he asked me, and I quote, Man... What the fuck's so great about Questlove? And I looked at him and I said, if you have to ask me that question, you need to walk the fuck away from me. I think I have an idea who that might be. (laughs) He couldn't get it. It just didn't register. And I went, don't even talk to me. Get the fuck away from me. I mean, go study and then come back and talk to me. But I, I get it that those are the guys that that's why I want a camera, kids, because <laughs> Eric and I are both looking down at my left foot, holding Sebastian down and gently rubbing him so he will not talk. <laughs> but maybe I should just make him talk and just Do let him that. have his own damn segment. And he's making biscuits on your carpet. 
Oh, yeah. Well, usually it's in my foot. <laughs> Given about 30 seconds, he's going to bite my toe. Trust me. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Hi, buddy. Hey, Mr. Buddy. Anyway, uh, it it's cool that, that you're talking about Marcus Miller and David Sanborn and stuff, because when I went to AIM, which most people know I did, and as I reiterate every episode, I wasn't born into music school. Louisville musicians. I didn't go till I was almost 30. Now you're that Louisville kid. musicians. Fuck. Anyway, when I went, I started discovering guys like Victor Wooten, Marcus Miller as well, and all those cats. Yeah. And then I, I started going towards the jazz thing, and I got into... I hate that they call it smooth jazz, but saying it on the show, people will get what I'm talking about. Like the David Sanborns and all that kind of stuff. And Some one of the stuff of, wasn't that, that smooth. No, no, no. Some of it was not. But It there, was funky. Oh, dude, it was so nasty. But the reason I bring it up is because one of my drum instructors had me listen to, and you may or may not laugh, I'm not 100% sure, but people that are listening will probably laugh because they think this guy's a joke. They had me listen to the Kenny G Live album. Have you ever heard that record? That live record? Yes, yes. So can you agree with me that that record is his, fucking amazing? His band was so gnarly. Dude, they were just fucking nasty. I couldn't name one musician in that band. Couldn't either. Don't care. Drummer's name was Michael. I do remember that. <laughs> I don't know why I remember that. I don't know his last name, but his first name was Michael. Uh, and do you want a little fun fact about Mr. Kenny G? Dude's had a damn near 35, 40-year career. Something mm-hmm. like that. However long he's had a career. He owns the same two saxophones he started with. Get out. Yeah. I listened to an interview with him a couple months ago, and he's they were talking about his horn. I was like, man, you must have a massive horn collection. He's like, nope, I have two. The same two I started with. That, to me, my respect for that dude went up immensely. Because he's like, I don't need a million fucking horns. That's how I blow into my horn, and that's what comes out. Right. I thought that was cool. But anyway, I started to get into all that shit, and now... Like when the whole year and a half or however long it took me to write my book, I always had in the background, I always had a smooth jazz channel playing constantly. And I started learning all these other fucking people. And his children, in quotes, Chris Bodie and Boney James. Mm, true. Very, very similar. But, you know, it, it's very G-esque, if you will. Oh, yeah. And I love every bit of it because they, they can get a little funky. I mean, King G would get funky. Dude, that... I think he. I remember that live album. When live I was a album kid. was so fucking good. Dude. I think he, unfortunately, like a lot of other great musicians, gets lumped into the shithole category by people because people are haters. I've said it on my show. Michael before. Bolton. That motherfucker could sing his ass Dude. off. Dude. But he got lumped into that yeah. that whole thing, and I th- I think it's. And I don't want to get off on a whole tangent because I actually did a solo show about this. I, it was uh, episode four. I entitled it Elitist Music Snobs. <laughs> if you haven't gone to listen to that show or that episode, you need to. Uh, not you, just people listening. Uh, but I, I pretty much talked about that because if you don't like something, you don't like something and it's okay. It doesn't give you a license to shit all over it and say that it sucks and it's the worst. Is it really the worst thing ever or do you just no. not like it? No. And, what is the worst thing ever? Exactly. You know? And you can't... In my opinion, you can't say that because you don't like something that somebody is not talented. I am not a Garth Brooks fan. Not a, not, not a fan at all. You cannot deny that fucking dude's talent. His songwriter's talents is where I am <clears throat> with well, all that. 
True, but I'm also those talking some about great songs. Absolutely, in his live shows. Oh, dude, smashing those Takaminis up with each other. Like, get out of town. Who does that? Right. But you can't deny the guy's talent. You don't have to like it. Mm-mm. You don't have to like it. I I do not own a Garth Brooks record, nor will I ever. But if I ever meet that dude, I will shake his hand and say, "Well, fucking done, sir." Here's my card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. <laughs> but you you get what I'm exactly. saying. Exactly. And I think I think Kenny G got lumped into that. I think Michael Bolton did too. And in fact, I think Michael McDonald did too because his early shit, dude. Dude. Well, he. That is I think, some funky shit that he was doing back in the day. I think a lot of comedians were, were just on this kick of him with his voice and doing all that. When, when he True. was doing those soul albums, you know, which he killed. He killed them. Yeah, he he's so great. He killed them. But, I mean, isn't that, that's another thing. It, and, you know, it, we can jump ahead to, to well, we, and we'll talk about this later, but just because <laughs> you have an opinion does not mean you have to be an asshole because people say opinions are like assholes. Yeah, but they're also mutually exclusive. So if you have one, don't be one. High five in a microphone because I like that. That was a good one. Rough top dumb piece. Oh, yeah. that is a look at you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before we move on to social media issues. I'm not even close to that point yet. What are you talking about? I want to know more about you. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> No, 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 no. See, here's how this is going to work. Here's how this is going to work. Which is perfect that you said that. And I'm not, I'm totally not going to edit that out. Because you, some people do not know, you are a co-host of your own podcast. Yes. Which yes. means you want to know more about me, I got to be on your show. Right, yeah. Because you on my show, bitch. You're on my show. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't really count that right. as being on your show. Well, Shooting From a Lip is, is, is a great show. It is. Well, it, it is now. Hi, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. You, you like that? <sighs> yeah, I, I really enjoy the format that we have. Uh, I enjoy talking to my friends. I enjoy spotlighting local businesses and entrepreneurs. I, I love, do, too. Uh, I love Kevin Cummings coming on for a few minutes every week and, and making us laugh. Now, when did you jump onto or get hooked up with is a better word because I know Kevin Hale has had his show on he's had, he's had his show while. for a while and, and uh, Kevin actually did promise me that he will be on my show eventually who knows when well, but he should be he's great uh, he's alright I'm just he, kidding uh, when I was playing with Skinner uh, when, I still do but when we had uh, you know this the, the big band uh, we were Oh, you mean the one that you never called me to play drums for, that one? I'm sorry, Chase never called me to play I, drums I for, I, that one? I got called into that. <laughs> Kerr was playing. Just thought I'd dig that in you. But, um, Fuck you, Chase. <laughs> no. But, uh, you know, he Chase called. He's like, dude, he's like, I really like for you to do this show. Right. I was like, all right. So I called in, and Greg Unthank was one of the co-hosts at the time. Right. It's a guy I've played with before in a couple of different acts. Greg's a fantastic oh, drummer. dude. He's so fucking good. So, we I go, don't know if he listens to my show, but if you do, Greg, you're a fucking phenomenal drummer. No, he's incredible. So good. And one of the sweetest people on earth. Well, I'm just kidding. He really oh, is. Oh, dude, he's he great. Yeah, he's super nice. So, he, uh, so I called in, and you know, we, we had fun with it, and then I started seeing Kevin a lot more, and we'd talk, and everything and then a lot more of guys that I've played with or play were playing with were on the show 
So I sent him a text, be like, hey, I'm going to screw with this guy. Right. And then I started being a character. And I call in to screw with, I, I got Corey, I burned Corey Porter one night really bad. <laughs> I got Chris Kerr so bad on that show. Uh, that was a good one. Basically, I, call, I would call in and, and with a certain voice and was a fan. Maybe a little overzealous, but I was a fan. And uh, so, you know, I was talking about Chris. Wait, and, did you call in about the girls' jeans? Yep, that was me. <laughs> Well, no, I says, <laughs> dude, I was sitting out front of our place pub when I did that, man. It was freaking funny. So I remember listening to that episode going, what fucking retard is, who cares? Everybody knows, but who cares? Talk about, some, that was good. Well, well played, Thank sir. You. Well played. And then I, I call in a couple other people and then watchmaker, um, I, call, I called him and he was on the show once and Kevin's like, okay, so we have a fan that's calling in. He said, I swear to God, it's McEwen. I'm hanging up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so, and lo and behold, it was you. Yeah, it was me. So then, you know, Kevin and I were talking and he wanted, you know, and I co-hosted over the phone and I was like, man, why don't you just come over to the house or Culligan and I would be on the show, but he and I would do it on the phone together and the way he and I could talk better. And I'm just like, screw this. If you want me to be a part of it, this is what I'd like to do. What do you think? He's like, done. Nice. Let's do it live. Nice. Let's bring people in. Let's make it a thing. Now, is it, is it, are you only doing it live every week? Or are you going to do live plus, uh, I guess the format that I do, which is I record and then I edit and post only it live. later. Only live. It, it, gotcha. It's shooting from the lip. In and of itself, but which is a great name, and I told Kevin that. Oh, dude, I, yeah, he, he kind of knocked it out of the park. Oh, he totally did. But it's shooting from the it's lip. It's almost live. as cool as the Bar Star podcast. I kind of like the Bar Star podcast. So I was I'm just my, kidding, Kevin. I was telling my mom <laughs> today. She's like, "So, what podcast are you going to be on now?" I'm like, "Well, it's called the Bar Star." Oh, great! So you're star of a bar. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mike. Well, you know, I've been called worse. Sort of. <laughs> kind of where I got the fucking name. No, that's pretty fun. I, and I told Kevin that, and you were there the day I told him. So I'm, yeah. I'm just blowing smoke. But I, t- I remember the, I remember a few weeks ago when I did the first live show with you guys that mm-hmm. I did when you when Kevin asked me to come do it, and I think I said on that show because you you record you do the whole live thing and you do the Facebook thing, but then you post the show later, correct? That right. part is correct, right? Right. We are okay. recording audio right into the computer, right? Which gets and then you post it later, chopped up, and yeah, then yeah. we throw it out. Um, but I remember saying on that show because you were giving me shit about it because you were you told me I was kissing his ass. I was like, no, I really do love the fucking name of the show and the logo's cool. And Kevin was like, well, I, I didn't do that. I was like, yo, yes, you did. Just take credit yeah, for it, Kevin. Right. It's great. I love it. No, I really do like the name. I was like, because I remember, um, and I talked about it on your show, and I'll touch on it briefly here i remember thinking for a long time when i wanted to start a podcast first why didn't i want to start one second i hate my own voice and third what the fuck am i going to call it and then i went well just name it after the book yeah duh makes sense to me yeah it made sense to me and i was like so that that's how i came up with my name and shooting from the lip was already taken <laughs> <laughs> but kevin kevin does such a great job producing that he, mm-hmm. he really is and, and the format the way we've kind of evolved is that I don't know anything going on. 
before I show up. I, I didn't know shit before I showed up. I don't do, I don't, I don't go back. I don't research anybody. Sorry to all of our guests, but <clears throat> that's what I'm. A, I mean, that's kind of our format is that I'm just popping off, right? And I'm going to have a, sit and have a conversation with you. Well, and I think that's and I'm what going makes to learn. It more, I think that's if, what makes it more interesting. If I'm learning, then we're also. Letting everybody else know what's going on. Absolutely. And that's kind of what I, And then when my friends like you or, or any of the musicians in town, I'm going to sit and mess with you. Because oh, we're having fun. Duh. You know? Yeah. Well, and that's that's one of the things that... Um, and we won't talk too long about this because fans of my show and your show that are going to be listening to this will start getting fucking bored. So you guys hang on for like 30 <laughs> more seconds. We'll get to the point. Um I think that's one of the things that I wanted to avoid as well because I listen to entirely too many podcasts. Oh, dude. And one of the things that starts to tend to annoy me is the ABC questions, one, two, three, mm-hmm. seven, nine, eight. Right. Why did this happen this way? Who fucking cares? Now, I make the disclaimer that some people I know, a lot, like my episode I did with Todd, I didn't have to ask Todd anything. Right. No, we're just hanging out. Yeah, we're just hanging out. Some people, I don't know a whole lot about your background. I know you. You rub my butt all the time. Oh, I mean, we butt. hug a lot. I mean, I watch you walk away. I kiss, I kiss the top of your head. And, yeah, well, I everybody guess. does because I'm fucking short. And you're good um, cuddles. I am good cuddles. You are I, good cuddles. I give good hugs. I'm squishy. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, I, there, there are some questions that I ask here and there. But the point I'm getting at is, I think what makes this community interesting the music community especially, is there's so many people we can have conversations with that we don't know and we may never see again or may never even play with. But whatever conversations we're having are actually fucking interesting. Uh, Yeah. For example, when I did your show, the first time I did Shooting from the Lip, I had a 30-minute conversation in the front of Baxter's with Jim Quickens, bass player. I learned so much about that dude. I was like, "Why the fuck don't I have a microphone on me?" Right. But it was, and it wasn't not just because I wanted to do a podcast. It was, it was fascinating. Like he knows, li- literally. <laughs> There's one. He knows literally some of my drumming heroes. Like they're friends of his. Wow. Not, not that I'm like, oh, let me suck up to you so I can meet these people. It was just mind blowing because I'm going, how the fuck do I not know that you know all these people and you've done all these things? Right. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. That's the part that I find interesting. And that's the part that I find fascinating, which is why I kind of, I, I hate to say I do my show like yours or you do yours like mine, but I don't do a whole lot of prep either is the ultimate point I'm getting to. Right. Like I didn't research shit when I said, do you want to, you need to come over and do a show. I was like, I didn't research shit other than how to spell your name. <laughs> Because there's 87 ways to spell McEwen. Come on, give me a break. Dude, I know. And, and <laughs> my first name, E-R-I-K. That one actually didn't surprise me. <laughs> I was named after Eric Estrada. Wow. Yeah, it's out there. But, uh, no. You admitted that shit, too. <laughs> Dude, I'm almost 40 years old, man. Just own it. You know, I'm owning that. I'm owning I've never seen Star Wars. All that stuff is out Wait, there. Wait, what? I've never seen a Star Wars movie. No, and it's not going to happen tonight. We're going to be best friends because I haven't either. Yeah. Yeah. When I tell people that, they look at me like I've got 14 heads. Yeah. I'm just, I wasn't interested. Don't care. Don't care. I don't give a shit. not at all. Don't give a fuck. People have offered me money. People have offered me drugs. People have offered me anything to sit there and watch it. I'm like, no, it's not going to happen. How much money? 
Uh, like 50 bucks or like 50 bucks per movie is what a buddy of mine said one day. He's like, I'll give you $50 per movie. Isn't there like, like a thousand of those things? Yeah, I couldn't do it per movie, but no. if he was going to give me like 50 bucks just to watch the first one, I'd have totally done it. I was it. like, dude, I'll sit here and play bass for 50 bucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> that I'll do totally that. do. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's got to be more interesting to a bass solo for two hours than Star Wars. <laughs> what happens when drums stop? Bass solo. Right. No, but one thing about your show, you know, the, going back to the content, is that you know, I learned, I, I know Dave Moody. Mm-hmm. I know Chuck Deering. Mm-hmm. I call him friends. Hopefully, they think the same about me. But I'm newer to the scene. You know, I didn't come up in the rock scene. I didn't even start playing rock live until f- a few years ago. Gotcha. In the groove scene and jam scene. But all, you know, I, I learned so much, even with all the bands I've played in. Anyway, he and I were like on the same scene at one point. I had no idea. Right. You know, and that's going back to when I was playing like really crappy gigs, you know, with <laughs> with bands that weren't all that great, you know. We call that paying your dues. Right, yeah. We've all done it. And thank God, because I got some good phone calls over the years. Absolutely. Yeah. It happens. It's the way it happens. But, you know. I, Everybody's got to cut their teeth. Yeah. And boy, I did. Oof, did I. I mean, you, if you could have seen some of the uh, <laughs> shitty gigs, man. Oh, well. But, you know what? I've had fun, and I'm, I'm blessed that we have a scene here in Louisville. I am too. I, uh, I've said it before, um, and I don't feel bad saying this, and I don't care who sends me hate mail. I do think that there's a few too many clicks. Get out of the fucking clicks. Yeah, if you can see me right now, putting my, my finger on my nose. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of your clicks, people. Yeah. We're all in the same scene. We've all done the same shit. And even those of us, and I say us because I put myself in that category, that have done more, mm-hmm. we're all still... In the same fucking scene. Yeah. None of us are better than the other one. No. Get off that elitist bullshit. That's all I'm going to fucking say about that. Cool. So let's move on to social media issues. Okay. Music. I see. Yeah, you learned. Oh, God. See, I brought my bass here. Because I thought that you and I could probably just do the music live ourselves. You know, when you say you want to come over and record something with me, I'm, I'm bringing my bass. We've been talking about this shit for so long. <laughs> I will stick that in somewhere. <laughs> All right, so what do you got for social media issues? I'm not, I'm more of a voyeur on <laughs> Really? <laughs> no, like, I don't. I don't like to post, you know, and I'm bad at, I'm bad at promoting myself and, and I do like, dude, I'm terrible at it. Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I'm terrible at Twitter, uh, but Facebook and Instagram as a means to promote yourself and your business. If you're self-employed, great for you to use it as a soapbox for something that could be perceived as controversial and to start a conversation when starting a conversation is one thing. And I do get angry about people posting political stuff unless and i have a friend who's a musician zach longoria is incredible at facebook he has his political stance that dude goes out and makes shit happen right he's talking to legislators he's talking to lawmakers he's in frankfurt he's doing stuff because he believes in it 
Right. So good on you, dude. You know what? I'll sit there and I'll read you. I don't, I don't agree with most of it, but you know what? I like what you're doing. I respect your hustle. Right. Good on you, Zach. So when you're backing your shit up, but if you're just using it to, to start something or you have an opinion, you want to feel like somebody's listening to you, man, like go get a podcast. Hey, we have one of those. (laughs) 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 Or or like go on Facebook. Go do something. Start a blog. You know what I say at the end of every episode? Go do some shit. Yeah. And you know who I got that from? Moody? Nope. Guy named Gary V. Gary V. Mm -hmm. Gary Vaynerchuk. Look him up if you've never seen him. Okay. That dude will make you want to climb mountains. Really? Yep. Now, he says it a little bit different than I do because I didn't want to just completely rip the guy off, but he was was given a keynote speech at some university, Um, and I'm not going to bore everybody with the details, but he is social media, basically. I mean, he... This dude's a fucking genius, but he was given a speech... And he was taking questions, and this guy asked him a question, and his response was, and I quote, nobody gives a fuck about your feelings, bro. Right. He was trying to motivate this guy and get him to see the truth, and he was like, you don't like it? Go do something. Yeah. Do something about it. Do shit. That's what he said, and I went, it's fucking genius. It makes sense. It makes complete sense. Go do some shit. If you don't like what the hell's going on, change it. Yeah, you know, if you're in, like, corporate world, will tell you, don't bring me... Problems bring me solutions. Absolutely. So if you see me, if I, if I ever post anything, it's probably because I'm actually promoting a gig, mm. which I'm terrible at doing. And I apologize to every band I've ever played in for that. <laughs> I'm terrible. I, I'm, I'm just horrible. Uh, but, you know, I'll post that. If I'm, sitting, if I'm sitting at home or at work or at the bar and something just comes across me and I chuckle out loud. You totally just said chuckle. Well, yeah, if I make myself chuckle out loud. You said chuckle twice. I know. That's four times. I chuckle a lot. That's five. <laughs> Look at me. I know my numbers. But I'll put something like that on there. Like, if right. people think it's funny, great. It's not offensive. Um, no. I'm not pissing anybody mm-hmm. off. Or if, if I find a, a kitty cat or a little baby fox or a little, little baby puppy dog picture on the internet, I'm going to post that little bastard on there, you know? <laughs> It's a cute little guy. I was just, you know what I mean? I, that's just where I am with life. My 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 wife, Stacy, she's an amazing woman. And, and her response to social media on her episode was one of my favorites. Because I said, all right, what do you like about it? She went, kids and puppies. And that was nope. it. She was like, I'm done. Nope. Kids and puppies. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. I, I get it. And just like everybody else, yeah. Post pictures of your family. Do stuff like that, you know. No, I get it. And, and you know the three rules on my show. I won't talk about politics, religion, or sports. Well, because those, those were my next three topics I was going to bring up. I was going to talk about Trump and, and Chicago Cubs and Christianity. Not going to fly. Okay. All right. All right, Steve. Okay, you can get, get your hands off my throat, Steve. I got it. <laughs> I, I, I got it. <laughs> um, no, what I was going to say is, the last few episodes, and a couple of them haven't posted yet, so you haven't heard them, but you'll hear them by the time this posts. Uh, they've said the same thing. Like, they're in, what do they call it? One of them called it, uh, I think Ryan Murphy called it Facebook reform. I think that's what he called it. Nice. Todd's episode, he said he's in Facebook reform, too. What they were talking about is they were both massive political posters. Oh. And they would get all this shit started and then just sit back and watch the storm. Wow. And somewhere along the way, they went, wait a minute. This is really fucking dumb. 
and they both stopped. Good for them. So the, yeah, but the but the point I'm getting to is even though I I I won't talk about politics on the show, I've noticed that the majority of people that quote have really big issues with social media or their social media blowing up all the time are the ones that make the political posts. Yeah. Stop trying to change people's minds and their opinions because it never fucking works. Right. I can look at you till we're both blue in the face and try to convert you to what I believe. Probably not going to happen. What people forget, and this is my opinion, you can have a conversation and have opposing views. Regardless whether it's political, music, that water bottle is square, not round. It right. doesn't matter what the fuck it is. But you can have a conversation and have opposing views and still be friends. What people do on social media is they get on their little high horse. Yeah. God damn it, I wish I had a camera in here. Because <laughs> you like the stance right here, don't you? They get, on their little, yeah, they get on their little high horse and they typey, typey, yeah. typey. And they're gods or goddesses. But one thing everything, everybody can agree on, that if I post a kitten on there, everybody on earth will think it's cute. That is so true, except that one dude. And there's always one. There's always one. Yeah, and there's always that one guy who's got it like, you know, who, who, you know, a lot of people are passive aggressive. And there's a lot of that out there. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, just waiting for somebody, you know, you post out to the world to get a reaction out of one person. And, you know what? Whole thing's bullshit. Put kittens on there. Put little baby foxes, (laughs) little puppies. Put your kids up there for us to see. Show us accomplishments. Show us great things. I like the baby foxes. Where'd the baby fox thing come from? I've I've talked to a few people. I'm working on getting a little baby Finnick fox. No shit. I've been in the works to get one for about like four months. Don't know if it's going to happen because they're kind of illegal in Kentucky. But there's like some loopholes and I have to move because I have to to build a little sand pit in that little bastard. (laughs) You know, <laughs> but man, don't, don't kind of illegal. That <laughs> move, that's good. But but oh, just, oh god, they're just so damn cute. I wanted a little bass to run around. It's like the tail and the ears and the you know. It's that's too a, much to deal with, man. That is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> You're like a Christmas tree right now of just red joy. I, I love it. Full of, I'm just jolly. But uh, no, but yeah, put those up there, guys. No, I, I agree. You know, that's I think it. I, I've. Uh, Let me see when you're playing. Put something cute up there. Put something funny up there. I'm done. Okay, then I'll just. No, close no, this no, one. no. I'm I'm done with <laughs> I'm done with all that. You know. No, but what are you. No, I was just going to say that the uh, past couple episodes, one of my favorite things I've ever said on this show, pipe down on the fucking negativity. Yeah. Just pipe down on the negativity. There's enough of that stuff yeah, going around. Yeah, there's enough. Don't, yeah. don't, don't feed it. No. Don't make it worse. That's what Reddit's for. Like, go get on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and stop shitting on everything, too. And, Not and, everything sucks. And quit with the damn Snapchat filters, man. I know you're cute. Let me see how cute you are. You don't you don't need your little puppy ears and your, your I don't know it's just cute. I don't need it. What Je- Jessica A, the one thing I love about her is she called herself out for using the shit. <laughs> and I said I suggest you I can't believe you did that. She goes, What? I use it. I I, I admit it. It gets old. But I <laughs> I use it. I, it was pretty damn funny. Well, you know what? Girls it, it's a different thing. You know, I when I've worked behind bars, and I see girls 
with their arms stretched all the way out, and they're posing in front of their cell phone in a bar when 50 people are looking at them. I chuckle. That's sex I was keeping score. <laughs> Yo, I get a kick out of it, and then it, it's a different. You don't see guys doing that. You'll see guys with their arms around their bros yeah. and like put up in the air, like what's up? Yeah, yeah but my favorite horns. is when the dudes put on the beauty app, motherfucker. We're the friends, what? and your skin is not that smooth, and your teeth ain't that white. <laughs> don't even fuck with me on this. <sighs> so that so I hope I didn't go too long on social media. I get I get I get all my feelings about it, dude. You, I I don't give a fuck how long I go on my shows. <laughs> I'm not like Mr. Hale. I, no, I'm just kidding. I don't give a fuck how long we go. I, I'm the one keeping him. Oh, are you? <laughs> I just want to go home. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to stories from the stage. So what do you got for me? Give me something. Um, give me something that that sticks out in your head. I mean, the there's best no thing. rules for this except you had to be involved. Okay. Well, I've been involved in love stories from many stages. <laughs> I don't know about you. You know, you you drummers get to sit down the whole time, and uh, you know you don't get to see a lot of what's going on and. I've been known. Well, especially me. I have ego lights, so I've been told. Yeah. Actually, I can't even say that. I named them ego lights because that's what they are. Karen. No, they're, they're great. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not Chuck and I'm not Moody. I'm, I'm not an entertaining bass player. I'm not. I've been accused of looking like I just left my office job and gotten up on stage. You're one of those dudes I talked about on Moody's episode that I got some of the hate mail from. I, I didn't send you any hate you mail. Didn't. I, no, I, you didn't. I admit know. it. You didn't. I'm terrible. Yeah, you didn't. But You're you not know, a terrible player, though. No, no. Oh, thank you. But usually it's because I'm counting. But, like, you know, when I'm hitting, yeah, I mean, yeah, there are head nods and, you know, there are things like that. But, you know, when you see me moving around, right, I might be a little gassy. <laughs> Just putting that out there. <laughs> hey, watchmaker. Hey, Jimbro. <laughs> hey, Screaming John. How you doing, man? Screaming, be like, go back over the fill zone, Eric. <laughs> Deadheads will get that joke. But, you know what? I'm going to come over and... <laughs> share some love with you. I got nothing. <laughs> but you know, I mean, no, I've I've had I've had that's fantastic. I've had the mic in my face before, like you know, people falling into the stage. I've had all that, and it's nothing new. It's stuff we deal with. But the best thing that ever happened to me. Here we go. I think this is four years ago. Derby Eve, uh, the Predators. It was my first Derby Eve with them. Right. And. Mike Mills from R.E.M. comes on the stage with Beth Bears from Two Broke Girls, the, the blonde chick from Two Broke Girls. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. They're up there, and you know, I'm playing, and you know, and I'm once again, I'm not Moody and Chip and Chuck and all the guys. I play a five string bass, and I sit back, you know, and you know, they say I cheat, I cheat, I don't care. I'm playing a five string, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I love it. I don't care. So, um, I, we're, we're going to like this hip hop breakdown, right? And Unthanks on drums, and he's <laughs> looking over, and I hear, and he's like, "And that bass player over there, that bass player over there," and he's rapping, 
And I'm just in my groove trying not to suck in front of Mike Mills. <laughs> Automatic for the people got me through my like like 14 year old emotional shit. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm up there just like getting out of this groove, and he's like, you know, basically. I can't do his rap, but he said, you know, he's a better bass player than me because he, he's got five strings or something like that, which is a joke. It's a bass joke, but just be acknowledged by Mike Mills from freaking REM, sharing the stage with him, first of all, but then being called out, you know, by my, Mike Mills, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, that is, that is pretty cool. Uh, that was cool. that was pretty incredible for me. So as far as stage stuff goes, yeah, I've been through all that crap. I've never fallen off stage though. I bet. Yeah. Yep. So for everybody out there <laughs> in Bar Starland, he is got this big neon sign <laughs> pointing right to his. <laughs> yes, kids, I have fallen off stage more than once. You've fallen back off stage. It's so I have hard fallen. I have fallen off through. No, I've never fallen through one. I did a festival many, many, many years ago. Uh, and if you have done any kind of festivals, you know that the stages are usually hit or miss. But one of the most common stages for an outdoor festival is an eighteen-wheeler flatbed yep. trailer. Yep. Fell right off the fucking back of that damn thing. Landed on my back. Oh. Brutal. Show was over. I was done. <laughs> I went home. <laughs> yes, I, I have fallen off oh. at least three. I'd have to think about it, really think about it, but at least three. But that's not about Gosh, me. Even falling off a you. drum riser was got to hurt like a bitch. Weirdly, I've never fallen off a drum riser. I have tripped up one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trying to get on it. So you, you'll, you'll fall off a five-foot, six-foot tall, but a six-inch drum riser, you're good. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> never fall off those. Oh. Fuck it, man. Go big or go home, right? Yeah, I feel you. <laughs> six inches, this won't do enough damage. I'm going to fall ten feet. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Since it is derby time, well, we just passed derby time, but it's pretty close. And then by the time this airs, it'll be 4th of July. So I'm since not... it's Independence Day, <laughs> go live, bro. <laughs> Actually, I'm not that far ahead. I don't, I try not to go that far ahead. Just give you shit. I don't give a fuck. I don't want to go live. You know why? Because if I go live, I can't put all my magic on it. <laughs> I got no magic. Exactly. No, I'm just kidding. You got lots of magic. Got no magic. You got a bunch of mics and a mixer. I got this and that. You got more than that than I could ever put in a whole freaking bar. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Since we just got past derby time, I'm going to give a derby story as well. Hmm. The only thing is I don't remember if it was derby eve or derby night. That part is irrelevant. I got to play with Margot Ramundo who is Alex Ramundo's sister. Alex Ramundo owns a tequila company, but Margot Ramundo has a record that she did a few years ago. Margot Ramundo was also married to the comedian Ron White. Mm-hmm. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal singer. Amazing. Couldn't have been nicer. Beautiful. Super, super, uh, beautiful woman, absolutely. And he's Tater Salad. And he's Tater Salad. <laughs> They're divorced now, by the way. Yeah, I heard. I didn't, I didn't know that. But... That's not the story part. The story part is the, quote, 
I'm doing air quotes, kids, was the headliner, quote, was Ruben Stuttered. Mm. Ruben Stuttered decided that he couldn't show up for a sound check or rehearsal because we were the backup band. We were backing up Margo Ramundo and Ruben Stuttered. He couldn't show up for rehearsal because he was too drunk. Dude, you came in second place on Idol, dude. Like, come on. <laughs> Catch an AA meeting. <laughs> so he shows up 10 minutes before we're supposed to play. Mm-hmm. Our set time. Room's packed. Derby dress, ball gowns, tuxes, famous people, whole nine yards. He shows up. We go on stage. We knew what songs we were supposed to do. I don't even remember. There is video of this on YouTube, so it's not like I'm talking out of school. And besides that, fuck you, I was there. He mm. proceeds to throw the band under the bus oh, damn. on a microphone. Now, I am not going to brag, but I'm going to brag. The band was made up of me, mm-hmm. Carl Stuck, mm. Chip Adams, mm-hmm. Mike Engelstead, mm. and a percussion player that I cannot remember his name right now. I apologize. But just... The four of us? Yeah. That's a pretty pretty solid, rock, pretty solid fucking band, if yeah. I do say so myself. Pretty solid. So Ruben proceeds to throw us under the bus. Mm. So at some point after we got done playing, I proceed to run my mouth. Imagine that. Me uh, running my mouth. Uh, off stage. Off stage. I oh, did, okay. Of course I did it off stage. Okay. And I don't remember exactly what I said, but I basically said, fuck that big fat non-singing hack. Or something to that effect. Who went? <laughs> who went to the track and got drunk all day? Mm-hmm. Not my problem. No. If you'd have showed up for sound check, we could have worked out any quote new issues or anything that you wanted to do. Uh, because basically, he wanted to do this whole twenty-minute-long thing where he pulled people up from the crowd to sing a song with. Him. Nobody told us that, which is no big deal anyway. Because all we had to do was hold down the groove. Mm-hmm. I know how to do my fucking job. Right. That's what we did. He didn't like the groove. Okay. Well. Yeah. This went nowhere because he got hammered. So the saving grace part of the story is his manager got him the fuck out of the building and came back and found each one of us in the band and apologized to our face. Wow. Which I thought was amazing. Yeah. Kudos to that guy. Did not have to do Did that. Did not have to do that. No. But he apologized to each one of us. I thought that was really, really cool. So that's my that's my derby story. Nice. I had to put up with Ruben Studdard being a fucking complete drunk asshole. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun that was. Margo, amazing. Yeah. And I had a lot of fun playing her tunes because I had to learn, I think we learned three or four of her original tunes. Maybe five. I don't remember. This was a few years ago. It was 2011. Nice. 2010, something like that. I had to look on YouTube to find it. But uh, we had to learn four or five of her tunes and that was a lot of fun because I don't do a whole lot of like Latin type music. So it was cool for me because I had to stretch myself and figure mm-hmm. out how to play that stuff. And like I said, she was really, really cool, really gracious. But uh, I said this on Ryan Murphy's episode about Vinnie Vincent. Fuck that guy. So about Ruben Stuttered, fuck that guy. Hmm. All right. So let's move on to what are you listening to? (laughs) 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 Yeah. What are you listening to? So what are you jamming on? And it can be a podcast. It can be old, new. It doesn't. I'm not oh, looking man. for anything in particular. I just want to know what's got your earballs attention. I mean, in the dude, I'm boring. Like in the car. <laughs> I told you it's gonna be a boring show, bro. 
I have to learn a lot of music a lot. So like when I'm in my car, I listen to NPR. Dude, I get it. But, I'm not going to slam you for that because and, I've said that on countless shows here. And podcasts, I listen to podcasts. Uh, when I'm at home, I rarely listen to anything new. The new Leon Bridges album. Oh, gosh. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, he's he's remarkable. Coming Home was his debut. It's Sam Cooke. You know. Gotcha. So, uh, but you know, I have a record collection at home. And when I'm at home and I'm in my kitchen, I turn on my record player and I listen to the classics, you know, and I like to buy, and a lot of people are going to give me shit about this, I like to buy the, the classic albums that have been remastered and redone, and this 50th anniversary edition with all the extra cool shit, yeah, I'll spend $100 on my record, I don't care. Yeah, uh, why? I wouldn't give you shit so, about that. You know, so, like, all of D'Angelo's records, all of, you know, working on all of Stevie's records, I mean, Steve, Songs in Key of Life was just this big, huge set of, right. you know, uh, Live Dead, Live Dead, Oasis. Love listening to Oasis. You know, those boys was crazy. It's so crazy. <laughs> so, but you know, like, like what's the story of Morning Glory? Was I thought it was remarkable. I didn't like the rest of their stuff, but what's the story of Morning Glory? I thought it was great. Right. So I listened to that, and you know, Mad Season, and and like a lot of those. I always thought Mad Season got kind of a. I thought they were a little underappreciated. Oh yeah. Oh that. Was my my opinion. I think our album's great. Remarkable. But, you know, and then the Isleys. You know? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's my favorite band of all time. So I'm going to sit there and listen to 3 Plus 3 and, you know, Go For Your Guns and, and, and Footsteps in the Dark. Like, that's what I listen to when I'm at home. See, that's... that's uh, I say it all the time on the show and about the show. That's one of the cool things about doing this is I learn so much shit. Because I would have never pegged you for listening to that kind of stuff like in your free time when you're not learning that's, tunes that's what I love no and that's cool it's <clears throat> not a judgment it's just yeah. it's it's a cool thing for me to get to go holy fucking shit well when I started playing when I was playing with Dennis Irvin you know that's you know that's how I learned like I right. had to be at his house at 10 o'clock every day because he was going to make me a professional musician and it was every day Damn. Monday through Friday at his house and some days we're going to play guitar. Some days we're going to do some stuff. Some days we're going to sit there and smoke some weed and listen to the <laughs> Isley Brothers all day long. Some days I got to take them and run an errand for them. You know? But I learned how to be where I needed to be to, you know, do what I do now from him. And I listen to the Isley Brothers with him. No. Well, I was going to say to add to that is, is uh, I think... I think somewhere along the way, the jadedness takes over. Mm-hmm. Because one yep. of the things I do with some of my more advanced students, they'll come two or three weeks in a row and they won't touch a stick because I'm trying to get them to think a certain way yeah. or listen to a song a certain way or listen to an artist like you with the Isleys. I think it would be cool if we could get back to that. Does that make sense? Wouldn't like it? Musicians as a whole, instead of saying, oh, go to YouTube and find that. But but what but 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 why? Tell me, I want to know why. Because we play in forty-seven bands and we gotta learn shit on the fly, and we have the technology to do it. No, no, no. I get that, but what I'm saying is, I think it's cool that you used to do that, even the smoking mm-hmm. weed and oh, listening yeah. to the Isleys, because you're still getting that knowledge. Because he's dropping knowledge on you, and it was remarkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he he would have me think a certain way to figure out how to play a chord differently. Right. You know, so like that was really cool. 
And then when I started playing bass, he's like, well, shit, like, you, you just, you gotta come play bass, Eric. <laughs> and, you know, and I never got to. He never had a chance before he passed. Right. And uh, you know, and if it wasn't for that, I would have never, I would have never been in the Predators. Would have never played in Soul Circus. Would have never played with you know a lot of the great bands. Dirty Church. Would have never played in some of these great bands that I was able to. If I didn't go cut my teeth and sit in his small apartment, smoky hot ass apartment, and listen to Isley Brothers records. Nice. Still one of the best times of my life. No, and that and that's cool. And- Technology be damned, social media be damned, electronics be damned. There's something to be said in every generation mm-hmm. for those small moments. I don't give a shit if you grew up in the 50s or you're growing up now. Yeah. There's there's those small moments that mean more to an individual because of personal growth than anything else. I've had some of those. I mean, I've had more than some of those. I've had plenty of those but the one that comes to mind was when Tom Knight the guy that does my intro for the show he was also one of my drum instructors at AIM stupid good fucking drummer yeah one of my I'm he's probably one of my idolish heroes and I had no idea who he was before I went to AIM I didn't know the fucking guy Mm -hmm. and when I met Tom uh, I love you brother he's just a lanky redneck from Georgia yeah. Motherfucker toured with TLC. Damn. He was their drummer. He played Budokan four nights in a row. He's done shit for uh, Stevie Nicks. He's done shit for Monica, Pink, Brandy, as far as drumming-wise. But his he toured with TLC for a long time. But the point I'm getting at is the first time I saw him play, I went, Oh my God, that dude is so fucking good. But the moment that I'm getting to is when I finally got into his class and we were sitting there and and he was kind of explaining this, that, and the other. And Granted, even though I was 29 and there, a lot of the other kids were kids that were in their early 20s, we had all played at some level. Like I had just, I had done a tour already and all that kind of bullshit right. and I had already cut a couple records. So I knew what I was doing. But the the moment where it started to really kind of make me forget everything I knew he just kind of looked at me and he said why do you follow your bass player whoa and I said it's because it's the rhythm section it's the foundation he said yeah that's the can dancer why aren't you following your guitar player that's a really good fucking question he said why aren't you following your singer why aren't you point is he goes to the whole list of instruments and then he pulled up some song samples he pulled up Sade Mm. And he pulled up some early Michael McDonald before he got cheesy. And then he pulled up some Isley Brothers and he pulled up all this stuff. And we just went through 30, 45 seconds of each thing. He said, it's obvious you're going to follow your bass player. You guys have to be together. He said, but why does, who's to say you can't follow everything else too mm-hmm. to make that song as good as it can possibly be? He said, most drummers fall short because they only listen to their bass player. They aren't paying attention to every, anything else. Listen to Paradise, the Sade Lovers Live. Mm. That, that version of that song. And you talk about that rhythm section being... Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, so good. And I know what you're talking about because as Tom and I became friends... We would hang out after school time or whatever, mm-hmm. and we would sit in his office and he would show me all these records. Records that I didn't know about, um, because I was still, even though I was in my late 20s, I was still 
give me this. I want to yep. know what this is. Give me that. Give me that. I did metal for so long. I don't know anything. Give me this. Mm-hmm. And he showed me a bunch of Sade records and shit. But I thought it was cool because I've been kind of leaning that way my entire drumming journey because I started out in a tool shed with a with a guitar player mm-hmm. for two or three years. That's how I learned how to play. Me and this dude in a guitar sh- in a tool shed with a guitar. That was it. I didn't, I didn't fucking play with a bass player, which is why I lean towards guitar players now, and I did at the time. So, wrap this whole thing up. What I'm getting at is when he told me that, I went. Cheap bar star sound effects. <laughs> like that's what I'm already doing. Right. And it's okay that I'm doing that. Yeah. Um, because a lot of my buddies were going, Well, you need to lock with your bass player, you're just a freak because you're not. And I'm like, No, I- I'm really not a freak. I like the song as a whole. You know what I mean? Depends on what the song calls for. Right, but you get what I'm saying. That was one of those moments that meant more to me than probably my whole education. And if you look to your left, you see where my degree is. Right, yeah. It's fucking right there. But that moment where it was like, this guy can play me under the table, half asleep, <laughs> with a needle hanging out of his eye. And I would still never be as good as him, but he's telling me that the way I'm approaching music is okay. He's got platinum records on his wall in his wow. office, but the way that I'm playing is actually okay. Wow. That's what I mean about that moment. That moment meant more to me than anything because I went... I'm not a freak. It's your first year at AIM and you have somebody validating you. Yes. Yeah. I'm not a freak. Right. I kind of know what I'm doing and it's okay that I'm doing that. Right. It's the same thing with you. Smoking weed and listening to Isley Brothers and you're getting all that groove and soul and you're going, holy shit, I can fucking do this. It's okay. That's what I was getting yeah. at. It's a really long story, but that's what I was kind of getting at. Makes a lot of sense too. I think so. Yeah. You know, I'm still baffled by Miller. You know, oh, fuck that guy. <laughs> that guy's so good. I mean... Do you listen to Brian Bromberg? Oh, my brother. Go check him out. Who's that guy? He is a bass player who writes his own shit, mm-hmm. but he also does quite a few covers his way. And he does a cover of I'm Only Human. Okay. It's so good. He's done a bunch of shit. He's done Love Shack and a bunch of stuff. But oh, he's, okay, cool. He's a bass player, and he's really, really good. Nice. Um, he's. I wouldn't say he's like Marcus. He's a little different. Um, he's not super, super soloistic. He's built a band around himself. He's got a sax player, keyboard player, guitar player. Mm-hmm. The drummer's really good. Um, he uses a bunch of different drummers on his records, but he's got probably 15 records. He's been around for a minute. Wow. Yeah. I can't wait to check him out. I don't know how he's that one slipped past. Oh, he's really, really good. Sweet. So there you go. So now I gave you something to listen to. Nice. I will take that and put it in my pocket. I want to be in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, you do. Well, that's it, kids. That's a show for the week. Anything else you want to add, Mr. McEwen? Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, This is a lot of fun. Oh, thanks for I get to over. stare in your eyes the whole time. I'm very sorry for that. No, I'm <laughs> very... Titillated. That's all right. Might might I add, you have a very nice voice, sir. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So, where can everybody find you? Plug all your shit. Uh, Oh, yeah, that's great. Nobody cares. Okay, I'm just Um, kidding. (laughs) uh, I will be better at posting uh, my gigs. So, um, yeah, you should because you're fucking good. Yeah, and you're in a lot of bands. Thank you. Yeah, well, yeah, I've, I, well, 
Yeah. So uh, <laughs> check out Speaker on Facebook. Check out uh, Chase Skinner's Facebook. Uh, check out uh, Amber Steele. Uh, who, gosh, who else do I play for? For um, fans of my show, you guys can never call me a whore again. <laughs> uh, you win, my brother. Definitely check out Rockadelic. Um, a lot of good stuff coming up, but uh, you know, send me a friend request, uh, E-R-I-K McEwen, and uh, find me. I'll add you, and then we'll come hang out, and uh, I'll let you buy me a beer. Sweet. And Shooting from the Lip is live every Tuesday, correct? Every Tuesday, 8-ish, from at Baxter's, Baxter's. 42 and worldwide on Apple, Google Play, and iHeartRadio. Damn, maybe I need to have. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so yeah, and definitely you know check out the podcast where you find your uh, where you find the Bar Star podcast because we're right there with you too. Uh, yes, you is. Yes, you is. <laughs> I'm on a few more places because I'm a slut. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, that's awesome. So it's every Tuesday. Every Tuesday, and it is live on Facebook on Tuesday though. That's the Facebook important part. live at the Street from the Lip. Uh, gosh, there's a lot of stuff I'm plugging here. But hey, that's you know okay. What? You this need is what we to. tell people: come on out and hang out with us too. We Absolutely. love that. If you got something you want to pitch to the show, if we can't get you on that day, we'll work it out. I'm just gonna come all the time. Uh, <laughs> Wait, don't threaten me with Wait. a good time. Mm, that's what I'm talking about. Mm. So that's it. We're out of here. I hope you guys learned something about Mr. Eric. I hope you go see some of his many projects and check out Shooting from the Lip. And uh, if I pay Kevin Hale enough, he may show up and do an episode with me on my show. Actually, wait. He owes me at least one because I've done two of his shows. So is is um, is this? Damn it! Is this check any good? Or do I, do I need to wait to cash it? Give it about a week and a half. Week and a half. Yeah, okay. yeah. Give it about a week and a half. <laughs> that's it we're out of here and as I say at the end of every episode go do some shit seriously go Eric tell them beat it get the fuck out of here not you them oh, oh, oh okay <laughs> not you them Man, go do some shit damn <laughs>